Welcome to Glass Half Full Moon, where if we didn't learn English from Columbo, Full Moon features would go out of business. People, we are back! After an unfortunate uh, double computer bricking. Yes. It... Which was fantastical in its coincidence. Oh yes, first your computer shit the bed, and then mine shit the bed twice. It has been a rough few months in the technical aspect. So the you would say it's the fabled triple computer shitting. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, these things go in threes. So hopefully we don't have issues with this again. But we're back. And I'm excited because we have watched an absolute shit show. And I'm excited to talk about it. I don't know. Is it, I don't know if this is a shit show or not. We're going to have to get into it. It's... It's bad in a kind of a fun way, in my opinion. Cause well, what, what did we watch? What did we watch? Tonight. Introduce it. We have watched Bloodstone Subspecies 2. And fun fact, Ted Nicolau, who directed this one and Bad Channels, uh, did all of the Bloodstone, all of Subspecies movies. So we're going to have more of him in the future. So the thing about this film did i've been thinking about this a lot lately which is what would be our list of the worst films obviously there's meridian seed people but even those films were notable in how bad they were i couldn't remember a damn thing about subspecies one exactly like it's so forgettable it, that information left my mind as soon as we stopped watching that film, which raises the question, why did they choose this to make a sequel? Well, they obviously set it up for a sequel with uh, the ending of the first one, but... You're, you're suggesting I remember the ending. I know. I know. I vaguely remember the ending, and I remember them setting it up for a sequel. I think they even stated there was going to be a sequel at the very end of it. That does seem on brand. But you know it's problematic when they actually replaced their leading lady with another actress. Did that is that true? I yes. didn't notice. They replaced their leading lady with another actress in this one. So first of all, I'll ask, was this a good movie? It was not a good movie, but I will say it was a fun movie. Um it, they, I, they uh, let me let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Was it a good movie by our standards? I had fun watching it just because I had fun laughing at it. Um, I will say the gore effects are a lot better in this one. They've definitely amped up oh, the blood absolutely. budget. It's it get it's it get, it gets pretty pretty good. The whole premise of this movie is our villain got rejected and went crying to his mommy. <laughs> that is the whole premise of this movie. It's a good premise. Our villain got rejected and went crying to his mommy. So, I suppose with that, we can go ahead and get into the movie proper, which opens up on the credits. The titular Bloodstone with a zoom-out credit roll. My question initially writing in it into the notes here was, do I recognize any of these names? Because... We've, we've come to recognize a couple of names thus far when it comes to the uh, full moon regulars, you could say. The full mooniverse. Uh, 
the exterior full mooniverse, the the real the material full mooniverse, if you will. Yeah. But apparently, it's the same director. I didn't notice that. You noticed that. I noticed that because I was like, "Oh, Ted Nicolau, this is the same guy who did the first one," and I was surprised because he did Bad Channels because I loved Bad Channels so much. Right, and then there, there was that, and of course, Charles Band. Based on an original idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And we open with a minor recap from our leading lady, which is good because I had forgotten everything. And with five movies in this series, I think we're going to be getting those a lot. Yeah. So basically they recap. They tell about, okay, yeah, everyone's fucking dead. I've been turned into a vampire. Um... Stefan is immediately so we should say stefan is fridged before that happens we get a scene where ragu (laughs) shoots out his veins back into his body and just kind of reconstitutes himself spinal penetration with with the power of his blood demons his little our favorite little stop motion demon friends return dragging unfortunately the unfortunately the only time we see them this film it is the only time we see them. Um, our favorite little stop-motion demon friends drag Radu's severed head back to his body, which then uh, suffers from spinal penetration. He His spine shoots out from his neck hole. And the little demon head. friends remove the stake from his chest. And he basically reconstitutes himself as if he had just woken up from a from sleeping wrong. Which begs the question, obviously, so the last movie, nothing mattered? Nothing mattered. Nothing mattered. (laughs) He's fine. (laughs) I think that's going to be a, uh, I think that's going to be a theme with these movies, considering he's in a lot of them. Looking at the credits from Wikipedia. Yeah. He's in a lot of them. It raises several questions. But I, I'm certain we won't get answers to those. So, Stefan, the love interest from the first film, is laying in his coffin. Radu just straight up stakes him and then drinks from him like the fucking water fountain in the school hallway. He just has a big old fucking stick, stabs it through him, and then what we get is Ragu just sucking all the blood out of Stefan, causing his... St- to shrink wrap around his skeleton. The death scene for Stefan is actually pretty good. Like this I, is, it, I can already. This is where I could already tell. Like they amped up the gore budget. Oh, absolutely! It's it. You we can you can immediately see the increase in budget. And after after oh, and then he shoots. Then Stefan's head just shoots up like a zombie face and just screams for a minute. And then falls back down. Yeah. It's pretty great, honestly. I like it. But apparently Ragu forgot that he is weak to sunlight <laughs> as the sunlight just shoots at him and he just hisses and runs away. But first, happened but quite first a few times. he opens up Michelle's coffin, our leading lady, and is like, no, I won't kill you, pretty one. I will make you my plaything. And then he's like, oh, God, the sun and he goes down to the catacombs and he's throwing bones and scraps away like, get out of here, I need a nap. 
Okay, have you ever seen the works of Neil Breen? No. Well, there's a scene where he's in a dirty little camper and he's like, don't worry, I'll clean it. He's just throwing all this trash out of this. It, it's reminded me of just like, don't worry, I'll clean it. And just <laughs> throws the skeleton over to the side. Don't, it's clean now. <laughs> no, I haven't been eating in bed, mom. It's okay. It's clean. Also, for clarification's sake, the main villain, his name is Radu. We call him Ragu. Because, uh, one, it's funnier, and two, because he's always looking like he's been eating a lot of spaghetti. Because there's, always, there was there's never, always sauce dripping down his face. There was never a moment where I... the Radu does not appear once in my notes. It was just too too easy to call him Ragu. <laughs> Yes. We get a little bit of a time jump as Michelle wallows in her coffin and sadness. But might I just say, when they cut back to Ragu waking from his slumber, he sounds a lot like me when I wake up. The, the gentleman who played him absolutely ripped up his vocal cords for this performance. Oh, 100%. And seeing as he plays this character throughout the rest of the series makes me concerned <laughs> oh yes it's like it's it's horrifying how raspy i swear it's almost like every day before he he got onto set he just he pulled a matthew lillard and just screamed in his in his car until he was hoarse he sounds like a gargled sandpaper <laughs> broken glass but uh, Michelle wakes up. She's standing there over Stefan. He's dead as fuck. <laughs> he he is a ashy skeleton. Also, there's a lot of sunlight in sunlight in those windows for a vampire flick. So that's something that happens throughout this film as well. Yeah, it's like it's supposed. There are scenes that are supposed to be set at night, and there's some obvious sunlight filtering in through those windows. And I'm just like, you ain't fooling nobody. There is a lot of day for night, and to the point where I almost feel like in this version of vampirism, it specifically needs to be direct sunlight. I feel like that is what they're going for, or at least their explanation for the bullshit they're trying to pull. Yeah, probably, just because, like, we have scenes where they're obviously awake during the daytime, but just, like, trying to hide away from the sun. So it probably is one of those things where it's like, oh, they don't just pass the fuck out when the sun rises. It's just that they it can't touch them. Otherwise, it hurts. So I do want to get to a, a scene. There were several scenes in this film that made me audibly laugh when we mm -hmm. got to them. One of them was, so Michelle wakes up. She grabs the bloodstone from Stefan's skeleton hands. And when Ragu comes up to to find the bloodstone, he sees it's gone, and he just kind of grabs Stefan's skeleton and does it a real angry jangle. <laughs> skeleton. I, I I laughed at this too. I, in my notes, it's like he throws a temper tantrum and stumps on the dusty remains of the brother he killed like eight hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> She took my pretty. 
She took my blood nipple. <laughs> like, like, oh my gosh. Michelle is escaping, and obviously Ragu is following her, and might I say, he makes some stupid-ass faces, and I am here for it. It's like, great. Like, there's always some kind of foul odor in his nose. Like, he always... His you know face... those faces. You know those faces cats make when they smell something in their mouth. Just happens and it's like, Ugh. he looks They're... like that. Their fa- his face is always making some kind of a movement, whether or not he knows what it's meant to represent. It's wonderful. Like there is some overacting to the max here on his part, and I am here for it. He does a great job. Uh, so Michelle escapes. Ragu, and she escapes to Bucharest. Well, no. Before that, she stops at the monastery, gets her stuff. We get tits, if only by consequence, of yep. her changing into a new outfit. No, no, no. This was afterwards. No, there was another scene of her tits. Oh, okay. So there was double titties. Yes. The only titties we get this movie. So what we get is she escapes to Bucharest, she takes a train, and she stops at a hotel, and first of all, the low-poly 90s phone, which is just a single angle that you put up to your head, it's very nice. I like it a lot. But also, Michelle is shit to service workers, just putting her crumpled up bills on the counter instead of smoothing them out and handing them to the concierge. Casey? Yes? She's running from a vampire. She's still shit to service workers. Though, I will say, Michelle's acting of being distressed and being upset is very good. I really like her acting in this film. I... See, I... Yes, she's good at being in distress, but my main fault with Michelle in this movie, she is so fucking useless I know she's fighting with the fact that she's turning into a vampire because of Ragu she's like I don't want to turn out like him she's struggling with this the entire film but she's also just so useless it's like she doesn't do anything of real value until like the last 10 minutes I suppose I it doesn't bother me personally it, it feels, so, I, I've i said, a lot of these movies have the scenes of people doing things, which is just stuff happens to pad the runtime. That happens here, too. But in a lot of cases, it is done for the purpose of character building and, and a, a seeing how people, how she reacts and how she's changing. And for me, that's better than just scenes of people doing things. I guess. I'm still going to be a salty bitch about it. But no, so she gets the low-poly 90s phone. She makes an international call to her sister, Becky, or Rebecca. And she's just like, I don't want to be in Romania anymore. This I don't sucks. Wanna, I don't want to be a vampire. 
I okay. want to end up like him. Okay. Stay there. I'll come get you. And she books a... She, Becky! She books a flight to Bucharest. And we get we get our first... We get our definitive tits where she where Michelle is crying she, in the shower. Yeah. Made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> but then we cut to Ragu going running to his mommy. And might I say he has his mother's good looks. Literally, he runs to his mommy. He he finds a random crypt, and sitting on a table surrounded by multicolored beakers, is what what I have come to affectionately call the zombie mommy. <laughs> no, the funny part is the credits literally call her mummy. Right. That is that's something I noticed as well. It's that's present in the captions as well. Yes. Like, literally, she is just, this character is just titled Mummy. And she is disgusting, like, she's got decayed flesh and it's all taut against her bones. And she looks like she's been nibbled on by rats. But she's just like, go away, you are forbidden to be here. And he's like, Mommy, I brought you a present. Mommy, I killed Daddy. (laughs) And he brings her the knife that he used to kill his father. And his mom just noms on the knife. I'll be honest, I forgot the last movie opened with him killing his dad. Yes. So but she... she the, eat- the bit of her just nomming on the knife, just her teeth, little teeth just like clinking on it, like... Nying, 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 nying. She, she just- bites down on the knife like a piece of corn. And then she bites Ragu for no apparent reason. No, 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 no. Uh, What she did was, I was able to decipher this pretty well. He's just like, mummy, she took the bloodstone. I want it back. And she's just like, kill her. And he's just like, I don't want to kill her. I want to make her my plaything. And so she bites him pulls some of his blood, and she uses it for divination. And she's just like, go back to your father's castle, stay there until, and don't leave until the next full moon. That was not clearly laid out. I was able to decipher that pretty well. But also, why do they always have blood dripping out of Ragu's mouth? He just cost, he constantly looks like he needs to wipe his face. He oh, looks no. like spaghetti baby. He's constantly just dripping that pasta. He spilled the spaghetti <laughs> out of his pasta. Don't do it. It's a face only a mother could love, you know. Oh, that's spaghetti baby. So I don't know but, why. Also, the crypt keeper must be his uncle with that family resemblance. I would hope so. But <laughs> I don't know why, after that scene in my notes, I just wrote, this shit is fucking with me, and expounded <laughs> upon it no more. <laughs> and then we cut back to the hotel, where the maid service is coming in, and they are preparing to clean up Michelle's room, when they stumble upon her sleeping in the tub, and they immediately <laughs> freak out. Yeah, Michelle took a nap in the bathtub and was declared dead. You know, happens to me all the time. Which, so I, I assume that's because when, when vampires sleep, it's like they're dead. However, yes. the maid doesn't, like, check to see if she's dead. She just pulls back the curtain, sees a woman, and immediately starts screaming. 
Oh my god, it's a woman! <laughs> oh my god, I've not seen my own gender before! <laughs> it. Oh fuck, it's a white woman! <laughs> oh, oh fuck, it's an American woman! I'm gonna get my ass kicked! And so we get... We get the character whom is not the protagonist, but I have named the protagonist, which is Hungary, Hungarian Detective. Oh, Lieutenant Marin? He is Hungarian Detective. I love Lieutenant Marin. He is the new protagonist. You can't <laughs> tell me otherwise. If it's not him, it's Professor Popescu. We'll get to him. We will get to him. <laughs> so, the Lieutenant Marin comes upon the scene... With uh, Officer Mel of the U.S. Embassy, because this is an American woman who has died in this hotel. Right. And Lieutenant is just like, yup, she did. And starts going through her belongings and finds the bloodstone. The <laughs> paramedics come and take her away. And she just pops out of the body bag screaming and probably gave that paramedic a fucking heart attack <laughs> and the need for 10 years of therapy. <laughs> That scene was genuinely so funny to me. Of She gets up, she starts screaming. The guy in the car starts screaming. The guy in the road starts screaming. They hit the guy in the road. They crash. It's just such abrupt chaos. (laughs) She legit gave that paramedic a heart attack and probably the need for 10 years of therapy. (laughs) But of course, she flees the scene because, you know, she is... An American, so there's no need for consequences for her in a in a third world country. Hey, just because it's you're 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 right doesn't mean. <laughs> just because I'm right doesn't mean I need to call it out. Right, and so the sun isn't burning her, despite her being directly outside. Whatever. I think it's because it's very overcast. And she's not yet a full vampire. Whatever true there is a scene there is a scene of her approaching a mirror and she's only half half like transparent and i can't remember i can't think of any other vampire media that i know that has shown the vampiric transformation in that way i've not seen that either it has to exist but it's not it's not like super well known. It's not so, super explored. Yeah. So Michelle has fled from the paramedics and she ends upon this theater in Bucharest and might I say that theater is absolutely stunning. It I thought it was the hotel. No, that was a theater. No, that's um, what I'm saying is when I first saw it I was like this is a this must be the hotel. It's so nice. No, it's fucking gorgeous. And then she takes a little she, coffin nap. She ends up in the theater and goes to their storage cellar and finds a conveniently placed glass top coffin. Then, and ends up making her giving herself a little nap. Little coffin nap. Michelle takes her nappies and Becky arrives and makes the stupid decision the moment she gets to Bucharest to give some random kid that runs up to her money. I was about to say she just gets immediately accosted by Hungarian urchins. Just, just like, give me money! Give me money! She gives one money, and then five more appear from the sides of the screen. 
it's it's almost comedic. The fact that she even did it in the first place, I'm just like, I guess it's to show that she's altruistic, but it's also like, it also shows that she's stupid. It must run the family. Right. And so after that, what we get is our official introduction to Hungarian detective who, as, as you, as you stated in the beginning of this episode, learned English from watching Columbo. Columbo, Perry Mason, Big Bird from Sesame Street. Very nice. And Hungarian detective is the best. But then they introduce. I do love him. And then they introduce Mel, and I'm like, "Fuck off, Mel is Mel sucks." Hungarian detective deserves to be the male love interest. (laughs) I can see it. And (laughs) so, Hungarian detective takes out his takes out the bloodstone. No, no, no. First, first Michelle is Becky's like. Where's my sister Michelle? What happened? Because she goes up to the front desk of the hotel and is like, "Hey, is my sister here?" And the hotel manager is like, "Go, go, go, sit over there, please. Someone will be right with you." And she's just like, "What? What happened?" He's like, "Go sit over there." But but what? But my sister, go sit over there. It's the only thing in English that they know. That's why they respond to everything like that. And Officer Mel of the U.S. Embassy, uh, along with. Uh, Lieutenant Marin explained that Michelle had been found unconscious and taken from the hotel after a misdiagnosis of death. And Marin's like, I checked her myself. I could have sworn she was dead. And she had fled the paramedics and they were looking for her. So, of course, they're just stressing Becky out with the fact that her sister is afraid and missing after calling her all the way across the world. And then Marin is like, hey, do you know what this glass nipple is? And she says, I don't know. Some kind of spirit Halloween prop? <laughs> Some kind of antique? It's it's not a good prop. It's not. It's so, it's... I can't put my finger on why it looks so bad, but it just does. Yeah, you're not wrong. But then we cut, we, so she says it's some kind of antique. We cut back to Michelle. She had a good nap and she puts on clothes from the theater. She steals clothes from the theater's wardrobe department. Yeah. And oh no, Michelle got the munchies. Yeah. Well, first we get a, a slight, we get, we get a, a near tits moment where Becky is showering, but apparently Charles Band couldn't afford her, so she has the uh, the shower curtain tastefully covering her. <laughs> Michelle calls her. She barely misses the call. And then Michelle goes out on the hunt to a Hungarian metal rave. Oh, yeah! I was going to say it was a goth club, is what it looked like. It was some kind of Hungarian goth club where the band was playing in English. But also goth dancing is fucking hilarious. I would totally listen to a band called Hungarian Goth Club. <laughs> is that is that our new band name? 
<laughs> Trademarked, you can't steal. Hungarian goth club. Hungarian metal rave. <laughs> but no, she finds a gentleman who's wearing a Megadeth jacket. And she nearly rips his throat out, but is barely just able, just barely able to resist and scurries back to her coffin. And again, a note here on Mel's acting. Not Mel. Michelle. Oh, yeah. Her her uh, distraught acting. Yeah, it's good. It's good, but it's all she does. Yeah. And then we... So we cut back to Becky. We get introduced to... Protagonist number two. Professor Nicolau Popescu. Who is a eccentric Hungarian professor. And... So if I ever get the chance to be a player in a Call of Cthulhu game, I am going to make a an eccentric Hungarian professor. <laughs> That's just the truth of the matter. Eccentric Hungarian professor Nicolau Popescu, who offers them his homemade plum brandy called Palinka. And honestly, brandy is really good, so I bet plum brandy is good, but... He claims it to be the strongest booze known to man. And I'm just like, no, I'm pretty sure that's ever clear. I'm pretty sure that's rubbing alcohol. You don't drink rubbing alcohol, though. You can. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well, then I but should to rub- be fair, that's, that's kind of the premise of our entire show. Just because we can doesn't mean we should, but we do it anyway. But yeah, um, he, he gets some plum brandy, which sounds nice. Not sure if it would be nice when made by him. And then he gets the bloodstone, and again, I wrote, Ah, yes, it appears to have been made in Taiwan. (laughs) Yeah, he inspects it, and he's just like, Oh, yes, I could have told you about this a long time ago, but my memory has gone bye-bye. Literally, that is a line that he says, that his memory has gone bye-bye. He's a gentleman and a scholar. Do not make fun of... He's got in the memory of a goldfish, and I love it. Do not, do not, do not poo-poo Popescu. <laughs> but no. I'm not, I'm not. I'm saying this in the most affectionate term. I love his character. But no. Popescu is such a fun character to add to this. Like, the jovial, happy, obviously expository character. So here's, here's what I, I was hoping for. So you know how in the Puppet Master series, it is Andre Toulon, who is kind of the main character, despite not really mm-hmm. being in the first movie? Mm-hmm. I wanted Popescu to become the main character of the Bloodstone series, or the uh, subspecies. Oh, the subspecies. I would have been happy with that, honestly, because Popescu was wonderful. It's very good. Popescu, vampire hunter. <laughs> and my, mind you, this man's like 70, 80 years old. Oh, he's doing his best. I would have loved to see a series of Popescu being a vampire hunter. Well, speaking of that, they, he does direct the group to the monastery. And he apparently has an old friend there that he wants to go and meet. So, hey, I'll Which go with Which is the caretaker of the monastery that we actually met in the first movie that was previously killed. Carl was his name. Carl. 
they go to the monastery, and Popescu, of course, falls asleep on the ride. That's so cute. That's so cute. But when they find the monastery empty, they end up going to Castle Vladislaus. And, of course, he gives some exposition on it about how it was owned by the King of the Vampires, and his two sons in the Vladislaus family still owns it. And he's just like, oh, yes, I found the secret entrance. Popescu is an urban explorer. There is one scene in that where Popescu is like, ah, yes, this legend tells of the king of the vampires. And Becky says, so does anyone live in there? The king of the vampires, weren't you just listening? <laughs> no, but seriously, Popescu is an urban explorer. And he's like, yes, Nikolao Popescu is always prepared because he pulls out a couple of flashlights as he leads them inside. And they find a lot of skeletons. Yeah. I wonder how many skeletons they bought for this film, and how many they just had. I mean, obviously they reuse skeletons. It's recycling. It's the one skeleton just constantly being moved. (laughs) Now, obviously they have a couple. Their names are Pat and Vanna. Is that a bit? They, I don't get it. Pat Sajak and Vanna White from Wheel of Fortune. I'm not as old as you, okay? <laughs> My age is showing. But no, they, they're they exploring the castle and they find a bunch of candles lit and things looking rather tidy. And Ragu, of course, comes out and he's like, what are you doing in my house? Abandoned castle is not so abandoned, and they just don't question it. Like, okay, this is your house. Bye. To be fair, that's how I would have reacted. To be fair, I agree, just because I would have wanted to get away from Ragu's ugly ass face. If some fucking ghoul comes stepping down a staircase in a place that I once thought was abandoned, and is like, this is my house. You must leave. My first instinct is to listen to the ghoul. <laughs> just like okay bye 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 <laughs> sorry did not know it was occupied bye bye <laughs> so they leave and Becky and Officer Mel from the US Embassy are obviously getting friendly so to speak but Becky ends up finding Michelle in the streets and she's just like oh no stay away from me it's for your own good And then we get, so there's a lot of good cutaway shots of Ragu just in the distance lurking. And I find them very funny. There's one where he's just sort of sticking his head out through a window. His hands are up (laughs) over the edge. It it looks like the guy from Monty Python. It does a little bit. (laughs) And then uh, Michelle, or Becky rather... Like, your okay. father was a corpse and your mother smelled of chemicals and rot. <laughs> your mother smells of corn. <laughs> but no, um, Becky displays the bloodstone. It's like, okay, what the fuck is this then? And we should say that the Hungarian detective's running theory is that this is a uh, case of stolen property. Which it kind of is. Yeah. And so she's like, "That's I need that in order to survive. Because, you know, infinite blood. And she gets it, 
then she's like, oh no, Ragu is, is lurking off in the distance. I need to. And she runs away again. I need to run away. <laughs> oh, look over there. It's a cloud shaped like a button. I run away. It is Ragu. <laughs> also, the bloodstone must be one of those like little novelty items where the liquid bubbles when you hold it. Oh my god, I was it- just thinking that. <laughs> I, I put I have in my notes it's one of those like blood uh chalices that have the yes. that have the liquid in between the plastic. Like the two Yes, that it bubbles from one chamber to the other when you hold it from the heat of your hand. It looks exactly like that. Yes, as this bloodstone bubbles up to fill with the blood of the saints and she drinks from it. And Ragu is like, no, 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 that's not for print. There's that's not for you. Which you know, shut up, Ragu. <laughs> Ragu in this instance is pulling some major goblin cane bu- bullshit. He's like, embrace me and I give you everything. Spurn me and I will torment you forever. He, like that's some goblin cane bullshit. What what he does is he we we learn more about his powers because. I should also say, during this entire time, he's been teleporting around. Like, just straight up. And he teleports over, like, appears behind uh, Michelle, grabs the bloodstone, just, I will take this, and you will become my lover. My fledgling. My plaything. And with that, he goes and returns to his mummy. He got the bloodstone as a present for his mommy. Aww. How how sweet. (laughs) He loves his mommy, though obviously she wants nothing to do with him. (laughs) Right, so Mama Mama Bloodstone is just kind of like over over there in, in suckling on the blood cup. And she's like, you need to kill her because love is for mortals. And then destroy he's, her before she destroys you and he's like no I want to watch her suffer and she's like okay that sounds great let's do that <laughs> as this happens Michelle returns back to Hungarian goth club and she gets ready for some sick action she finds herself a boy toy it's the same brings guy. Him ba- brings him back to the theater cellar and chomps down. And starts losing her shit. She's like, oh no, what have I become? Induces vomiting. That and is- I'm just like, girl, just embrace it. Go full of vamp and then kill the fucker. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm gonna be real with you. If vampires end up being real and I become a vampire... I am completely, like, giving up my humanity. I don't care. I <laughs> I mean, I'd be really sad because I like food a lot, but I mean, I'm already uh, very wary of the sun. The, so, well, here's you know. the thing. It's, there is at no point, I don't think that, do the vampires in this universe not eat re- regular food? We have never seen them eat regular food. Hmm. At it... least not in this instance. We... In these past two movies, we've not seen them eat any regular food. Also, I will say, I like to imagine that the rave is just still... 
has just been going on for the past 24 hours. <laughs> it hasn't ended. But after that... Oh, and we, we missed that um, Popescu is like... He gives exposition on the Vladislav's family and the Bloodstone because he's an expository character. He's very good at that job. That's what he does. And after that... Michelle meets up with Becky. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, Becky... there, was, there was one scene where Regu is stalking Becky and is about to break into her hotel room when the phone rings. And I just wrote down Regu is very afraid of phones. <laughs> he doesn't understand modern technology. And so Ragu He follows Becky to Mich to meet up with Michelle. And Becky don't know what the fuck going on because Michelle won't tell her anything. And I feel like communicating would be so much more helpful here. We, words like, are the greatest weapon. Right beside giant axes. <laughs> I'm just like, Michelle baby your sister wants to help you like just just tell her what's going on stop being like oh i i need you to stay away from me it's for your own good i'm just like dude just tell her what the fuck's going on communicating is so important and at this and at this point i'm just like i can't tell who the hero is anymore cuz michelle's just been fucking useless well becky's the hero because her immediate reaction is to okay let's gear up and kill this guy yes Af because in this instance ragu appears and zoop zoops away with <laughs> with michelle and i use that term as a reference to an earlier episode and what I love in this scene, when Popescu is like, okay, let's go kill him. Here's all He's my- He's 100% down for vampire hunting. He gets all of these old weapons, and probably the one thing that I can give this credit movie credit for is Mel, the guy that's like the sudden and love interest to Becky is like, no, fuck this, you're all crazy, and leaves- and Becky actually has to save herself. Yes, we actually never see Mel again after his departure. That shitbird Mel is just gone. And, like, of course he wouldn't care about them. He met them, like, three days ago. It's wonderful. It's, like, realistic. But I'm over here, like... Popescu's 100% down for vampire hunting. In this instance, he became my favorite character because he's just like, yes, I want to go kill the vampires. This is why I'm going to make him a Call of Cthulhu character. Yes. Because he... He's so enthusiastic about it. He's super, He's a super enthusiastic old guy just wanting to kill vampires and do crazy stuff. And so they descend into Zombie Mommy's little... Uh, tomb and within they see ragu and michelle and pupescu raises his stake to the air and we get a big old blood splatter out and pupescu is no longer with us as he was stabbed in the back by zombie mommy yes 
Popescu dies trying to be the big bad vampire slayer, and it made me very sad. I'm just like, oh man. I loved him. I did too. And I wanted more of him. But yeah, Charles but... Band doesn't know what people like. Yep. But Mummy decided to come for a visit to meet her baby boy's new uh, girlfriend. Fledgling is what they keep referring to her as. And they take Becky. They chain her up. They are about to feed on her. And are like, come, come, Michelle, feed on your sister, join us. And Regu is like, yo, there's this artery in her leg and it spurts like crazy. And I'm just sitting here like, she's going to bleed out really fast if you bite there. I think that's the point. I guess, but still. The point? Okay, and that's been it for this episode. Listen. Um. <laughs> the, so after that, what? Well, she just picks up the the dagger, right? And he's like, "No, put that down. That's a that can kill me super easy." But also, yes, he's he's like, "No, Michelle, put that dagger down. Like, it's not for. You are not meant to touch." And I was like, "Well, she's touching it." It's. But also, we find that. Zombie mummy is very flammable. <laughs> she just goes off spinning. <laughs> as... She gets lit on fire by Michelle and then goes up screaming and spinning away down the corridor. <laughs> <laughs> it was so. It, so the the sea, the the footage almost looks sped up with how fast she went spinning down the corridor. It was very funny. It's, it's so good. It's so good in how terrible it is. But after Zombie Mummy spins away, presumably to her death, presumably. Michelle, presumably, Michelle finally does something. And at this point, I'm just thinking every subspecies movie is going to end with Ragu getting stabbed like a little bitch. I hope so. I hope so, too. I hope this is a trend. Because Michelle stabs Ragu with a knife, with that knife, multiple times in the chest, in the face, and then again in the forehead. She flees, she frees Becky, and, but Ragu, of course, comes back because, you know, the killer always comes back for one final scare. Of course. But at this point, Becky's just like, yo, bitch, get your hands off my sister, and stabs him through the chest with a stake. It's basically the ending of Frozen. Yeah. I was expecting more of a reaction, but okay. I I hate that movie, so. Of course you would, you... Alright, whatever. I, I hate it for reasons we will discuss later, but... Becky and Michelle go to leave the tomb, but Becky steps up the stairs and Michelle stays behind in the darkness because she's a vampire now and the sun hurts. And Becky's like, I'll wait, (laughs) I'll wait until the sun goes down. Michelle slinks into the darkness and, oh, look, mommy is alive and drags her away into the darkness. And that's how our movie ends. Uh, and no, the end of the film is a sequel tease. 
a cliffhanger to set up the third movie. It literally says that there's going to be a third one. I shouldn't so be once surprised. again, Ragu en- ends being stabbed like a little bitch, and we end with a cliffhanger to start up the third movie. So, Casey, yes. would you recommend this movie to anyone? More than the first? I will say. But I think, but I think this one would be better with some booze. I think that's a given for any of the films we discuss. Not all of them. I mean, Dollman and Bad Ch- Dollman and Bad Channels were actually good on their own. I didn't need booze for those. I will say that if you are in a particular mood for specifically vampire schlock, because I think it's one of the things very cheesy. I think one of the things this film does actually do well is getting that vampire feel. These guys feel like. Your, your typical Bella Lugosi-style vampires lurking around castles, sucking blood. Without the charm of Bella Lugosi, who was actually Hungarian, so... Uh, yeah, they referenced that in this film. Yes. But if you want very specifically vampire schlock... You... And some decent gore effects. Right. It's, it is very much exactly that. And you could do a lot worse... When it comes to schlock. You could watch Vampire Suck. You could watch Subspecies 1. <laughs> yeah, this one was actually pretty fun. It's stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> it's always a good sign when a film can audibly make me laugh. Yes. But. Yes, yes, yes. Speaking of films that we enjoyed. What are we watching next, Casey? Next episode of Glass Half Full Moon. Prepare for the showdown of the century as we get Dollman versus Demonic Toys. Dollman versus Demonic Toys. Dollman versus Demonic Toys. This is so I will say this is one of those films that I I made this or or I should say that I I wanted to make this podcast before, which is the absurd full moon crossovers. Yes, I, I am elated. One that we get more Tim Thomerson, and two that we will ultimately get Tim Thomerson going up against Baby Oopsie Daisy. And I am so excited. I just hope he kills that son of a bitch. Oh, with all the baby oopsie-daisy films that there are on the Full Moon Features website? No. I don't think he's going to stay dead. But anyway, don't don't get lost in Hungary or else you're going to be mobbed by urchins. And uh, R- Romania, dear. Not Hungary. Romania. Hungary is not even a place. I'm going to... I hope everyone has a horrible evening. Goodbye. Bye.